Money rules the world and everything in it. In these streets, money is king. If you follow the money, it'll lead you to the bad guy or the good guy. This is a quote from Curtis Wall Street Carroll, inmate at Pelican Bay State Prison. Hello and welcome to episode four of the Financially Savvy Parent Podcast. Today, it's story time. This is a story about how I was inspired to begin investing again in my mid-30s. I originally started investing in the stock market when I was like 15, 16 years old, something like that. But that's a funny story for another time. Just a few years ago, I was in a different phase of my life, and I was not investing in the markets, and that's when I heard about an inspirational young man that we're going to discuss today. I encourage you to Google him and watch some of the videos online about him. I believe that perhaps you too will be inspired just like I was. Curtis Wall Street Carroll grew up in the type of neighborhood that you don't want to walk through, not during the day, and definitely not at night. These streets are not kind to anyone, not even those that live there. These are the streets that Curtis called home. It's a scary place where hope and inspiration is scarce. There is little opportunity for most people. Even banks and supermarkets don't want to set up shop there because of the high amount of crime in the area. A few years ago, Curtis was able to participate in a TEDx talk where he told a lot of his story. It's online and it's easy to find and I encourage you to listen to it. The first time he got caught committing a crime, Curtis was trying to rob a video game full of quarters. He tried to make a run for it, but as you might imagine, a few thousand quarters just might be a little heavy. They weighed him down and foiled his escape. After he committed his first crime, that was the first time that he was told by anyone that he had potential. Never before had someone said they believed in him. He was still just a child. That kind of motivation will make you do a lot of things, but unfortunately, in a place where there are few ways to get ahead, you might be motivated to do things that are on the opposite side of legal. Being illiterate and living in a neighborhood with few opportunities, crime seems like an obvious answer to have a shot at a prosperous life. It was a by-any-means-necessary type of existence. You do what you have to do to put food on the table for your family. Education is not much of an option. Where do you go to make money? Selling your blood plasma can only help so much. You could stand in line at soup kitchens on a daily basis, but drugs and robbery are much quicker ways to make ends meet. It is equal opportunity, but at what cost? It's either you or it's me. And if all I need to do is break this glass or grab this bag or knock this guy down to get what I need... You better believe it's going to happen. This is the financial literacy of the streets. If you've never lived in such a world, that seems like a ridiculous statement. If you grew up in a place like this, though, you know it's all too true. When he was 17, Curtis was picked up for committing a murder and was sentenced to life in jail. For most people, that's the beginning of the end. You would just become a product of the system, another statistic. Behind that statistic is a real person with even less opportunities now that he has a stigma of a criminal record. It's not something that you can shake, and it follows you everywhere you go. You can't vote, you can't legally own a gun, and even if you choose to become an upstanding citizen of sterling caliber, that criminal record will stand in your way. When you try to get a job or a career certification, you know it's only a matter of time before it comes up again. But occasionally, if you're paying attention, you just might notice that your fortune can change. While incarcerated and still illiterate, Curtis was fortunate to have been put in a cell with another cellmate that could read. One day, Curtis grabbed what he thought was the sports section of the newspaper so his cellmate could read it to him. He had accidentally picked up the business section of the newspaper. What he did not realize was that this mistake would forever change the course of his life. Hey, youngster, you pick stocks? Asked Curtis's cellmate. Curtis asked what that was, since equity markets and their valuations aren't part of the street survival curriculum. His cellmate responded, that's the place where white folks keep all their money. In a TEDx talk that Curtis gave in 2017, he mentioned that this was the first time he had a glimpse of hope into a future. His cellmate went on to explain stocks and the basics of how they work. 
Curtis loved the idea of stocks, but lacked critically important skills. He could not read, write, or spell. Now, people that grew up with even a basic academic education don't realize how hard learning to read can be. If you've never seen a child learn a letter and then forget it, you perhaps have no concept of what it means to learn to read. If you yourself learned to read as a child, it's likely just something that you know how to do with almost no memory of struggling to acquire the skill. But illiteracy as an adult is like a chronic illness. Every day, whatever you do, you're impeded by your inability to read. Imagine driving on the highway in a foreign country where the road signs are in a different language. It would be tough. When you're illiterate, that's how it is every day, even in your own neighborhood. At the age of 20, Curtis made a decision to pick up a book and learn to read. It was an agonizing and excruciating experience. Imagine the ridicule of those around you when you try to make a better life for yourself. It is disheartening and humiliating to turn away from the status quo of the life you know and to try to better yourself while amongst others that have already given up, admitting the feats of settling for a life of mediocrity. Bearing that pain and breaking through it would eventually lead him to having the greatest gift a person can have, the gift of literacy, literally unlocking a new world of possibilities that were never even on his horizon before. Candy wrappers, clothing logos, and posted signs always existed, but for the first time they were accessible to Curtis Carroll. He would read anything he could get his hands on. Euphoric and full of hope, Curtis sought to use his newfound skills to better his life. Now, at the age of 22, Curtis remembered the words of his cellmate. As Curtis says in his own words, I wanted to find those rich white people. His greatest source of information was the business section of the newspaper that he still had access to. He was learning the skills to invest and manage money, but he needed capital. Options are limited when you're in prison. You can't get investors or fund managers to give you money. The only funds available were from the prison employment program. The prison warden told Curtis that he needed to teach the other inmates about the stock market as well. These new financial skills and the income from their monthly employment, although small, allowed Curtis and his new students to manage money, just as people do when they aren't incarcerated. Curtis compares himself to Warren Buffett, the legendary value investor. Both have a lot of time to sit around reading and thinking of which investments are best for them to make. The average monthly income of an inmate is between $30 and $70. Due to the limited calories available in the standard inmate diet, in some places, singly wrapped honey buns are a secondary form of currency. Understanding real value, though, Curtis would rather buy stock in Nike than pop for a new pair of Air Jordans. His tenacity will pay off, too. In another news interview, Curtis explained that when a prisoner is released, they're given $200 and sent on their way. Imagine being locked up for years with no booze and no conjugal visits. Your first thought is not likely to use that $200 wisely. After a really fun night, a former inmate is left with no money and few opportunities. How long will it be before they return to the same crimes that landed them in prison in the first place? Curtis, however, is on a different path. Because he spent years investing his wages each month buying stocks, he will feel the effects of compound interest. Rather than a measly $200, Curtis will likely have tens of thousands of dollars. He will exchange the shares of the companies he owns for an opportunity of real life on the outside. No need to revert to crime when you actually have a chance at success. It was this story that inspired me. I loved following stocks when I was in high school, but it had been years since I looked at the ticker tape. I don't even remember where I found the story, but hearing about Curtis brought that passion back. While working and supporting a family, there isn't much left at the end of the month to invest. After hearing his story, I thought to myself, he did all this on $30 a month? Heck, if I stopped drinking wine, I could come up with $30 a month. If he could change his life for $30 a month, so could I. This rekindled my love for the stock market, 
I started putting away a bit of money for my family and quickly realized with a few changes, I could invest much more than $30. It's amazing how making a small change and sticking with it will show you how much more is possible. A little bit here and a little bit there can really add up. Even the ocean is made up of just a whole bunch of drops. With a little bit of money put away, I realized that you can't just throw darts at the business section in order to pick stocks. I needed to learn more. Wanting to learn more about stocks, I eventually found out about value investing, which is the school of thought that made Warren Buffett his fortune. I spent about two years reading every book I could find on Warren Buffett and his mentor, Ben Graham, and his partner, Charlie Munger. I learned about their approach to investing and the emotional fortitude it takes to make tough decisions based on data and stick with your gut when the market seems to make you look like you're a fool. It does feel good when you ride out that wave and find out that, yeah, you were right. The financial education was there for the taking. I found books that I could read, and I actually listened to most of them as audiobooks when I ran. I have very little time to read, so consuming info while exercising allowed me to kill two birds with one stone. Along the way, I realized I could teach others about the very same concepts. I started making fun personal finance videos to help others understand things they thought that you needed to be either rich or a genius to understand. It's now my mission to help others learn about personal finance and that it's not all that hard. It takes just a bit of learning and some practice to get on the road to financial success. The real secret is actually making some effort to put the money away in order to change your life. Once you do that, it's pretty easy. All this started because a man sitting in prison picked up the business section of the newspaper. I'm so happy he did. I hope that one day I can thank him face to face. I would love for him to hear this podcast or to read the things that I wrote about him. I'm working on that and hopefully we can make it happen soon. A wise man said, save, control the cost of living, borrow money effectively, diversify your finances. You need these skills. You don't need professionals to manage your money. A professional knows his craft better than most. No one knows how much money you need, have, or want better than you. That means that you are the professional. Financial literacy is not a skill, it's a lifestyle. Financial stability is the byproduct of a proper lifestyle. That wise man is Curtis Wall Street Carroll. If you would like to learn more about personal finance, I recommend that you subscribe to my YouTube channel, Financially Savvy Parent. I'm making personal finance fun and interesting. I wear costumes, do fun skits, and make you laugh so you don't even realize you're learning. Come check me out and join the family. I'm Nadav Reese, the financially savvy parent that you always wish you had. I hope to see you soon. You can find this and other episodes of the Financially Savvy Parent podcast on the main podcast platforms. You can also find Financially Savvy Parent on YouTube or at FinanciallySavvyParent.com. Join the family and learn how to help your family have a healthy relationship with money.